your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I, I feel a little bit better. I don't feel like I'm as like I'm not all about that base today. I think like like I was told I was told I was I was told I was basey. Uh, <laughs> Vargar told me I was, I was a little bit too basey, or I don't know how he said it. Oh, you know, he said it sounds like you with no base. I don't know. I thought I was a little bit too much base, but it, one way or another, I'm feeling, feeling better. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's like five percent incrementally better each day. So. Uh, we're getting back to 100% strength, Hulk smash, and uh, we're good to go. All right. So on today's episode, we have some Instagram questions to get to. <clears throat> episode 500, people. This is a moment. So uh, we started this thing a few years, I think, yeah, in November of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. And here we are, 500 episodes later. It took a little bit to get there for this week. We were hoping to do this earlier in the week, but... <laughs> You're welcome. I had to push it back a few days, but here we are. We got there nonetheless. So we'll be uh, bringing up some Instagram questions that people had asked. And if we have time, we'll talk about the Winnipeg game. And we'll talk about we're going to start with uh, one of the best moments in the Avalanche history, if you ask me. But first things first, follow the show, social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our Instagram channel hit subscribe get notified when we go live so yes uh if you're well you're listening to this on april 8th so when we're recording this on april 7th that is the the date that is the anniversary four years ago when it was game number 82 avalanche at home against st louis and it was your classic winner take all and for take all this is winner gets into the playoffs Mm -hmm. and and it was really from the jump all avalanche they won that thing five to two and one of the best moments i honestly and i'm not you know just saying that like the avalanche have had some really good moments in their history but this one just because it came after the worst season in in nhl history yeah. And in one calendar NHL season, they turned it around and made the playoffs is nothing short of miraculous. And the Gabe Landeskog empty netter to seal it and the game of pile on that ensued. I, I you and I were talking about it before. Like we both will just go back to watch that if we want to just put a smile on our face. If you're in a bad mood, go watch it because you, you're going to that's going to turn around instantly. Yeah, it's one of those that like everybody thinks of like the after t- all these years Ray Bork, and then you think about all the Avalanche calls, but you th- you throw it back to that game eighty two call as Gabe like it, it puts it out of reach, and Avalanche fans could finally believe they did it, especially after the year before where nothing went right, Wah walked out. It honestly felt it was a dark time to be an Avalanche fan, and like the poop emoji Avalanche logos were being shared everywhere. Yeah. Like it was, it was rough. And then for the Avalanche, I remember it was that time. It almost kind of got like baseball. Like 
tracking the magic number. The Avalanche could get in the playoffs if this happens, this happens, this. And it all came down to game 82. Mm. And that and call. Was, <clears throat> and that was also the year Duchesne was traded. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the season. Uh, and I went to go see them. I, I, I was my wife and I were at uh, New York Comic Con and their their opening day game was against the the New York Rangers um, at Madison Square Garden. So I was like, yeah, we're, we're down there. Um, why don't we get tickets? And we got to and, you know, that was the first game of the season. And it was the first game of the season following a horrendous season so you're yeah. like uh, you know i don't you know he's he was already asking for a trade so you knew that was like always on the back burner and they came out and they beat the rangers they beat them four to two and yeah it could, people may be chalking up to eh, it's the beginning of the season you don't really know but they just kept going along with this season and and winning and you know they'd lose a few and then they'd go on a nice little run and win some more and then they, they were just in it they were in the thick of it throughout the entirety of the season and and they it, it, like you said, not enough to secure a playoff spot until the bitter bitter end. Yeah. And to do it that way, I, I remember the Sam Gerard goal like it was yesterday because that was the first goal of the game, right inside the blue line. And from there, like that, I wish I could have been in that arena because it did not shut up the entire game. That it was such a fun game to watch. I can only imagine what it was like there. And then uh, it was it it wasn't just. They're going to the playoffs. Clearly, that that was you know what came of it, but you know they wouldn't have celebrated the way that they did if they had even a a, a five hundred season the season before. Yeah, yeah. It's because of that year and how bad it was and everything that I had gone through with you know Matt Duchesne wanting out, and then you make the playoffs. Nobody, zero people had that predicted. Zero. And they did it, and they've not missed the playoffs since that year. It was, in my mind, one of the top. I mean, what what would you say? You know, the Ray Bork moment. It's got you know probably number one for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, winning the first year that you come into mm-hmm. to, to Colorado. Um, what I mean, I, that to me that'd be three. That would be the number That's, three moment in history. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and at the time. There was so much uncertainty around Bednar. Like, Absolutely. Who People is this guy? Out. Yeah, who is this guy? We just had a terrible season, and it was that weird uncertainty all year long. And you went into that season like anticipating another bad year, and then that we're going to be the bottom of the league, and this is we're going to be rebuilding for five or six years. And that moment of getting into the playoffs, knowing that, you know what? We're going to be all right. Little did we know how all right we were going to be. But if you honestly put yourself back in that moment, like it sparked the hope of Avalanche fans, especially after the year before. Like you cannot overstate how big game 82 was. Even though you didn't walk away with a cup, it really brought back a lot of Avalanche fans. Like we're not completely out of this like we thought. And then they do go into the playoffs, and um, they're up against the number one Nashville Predators. Yeah, they were eliminated eliminated in, in five games. I think it was five. I don't think it went six. I think it, I think it went five. But they gave them a series. You know, mm-hmm. like every game they they made them fight for it. 
Um, but you, I mean, for an Avalanche fan, it didn't, didn't matter. Like you, like, okay. You, you had one of the best turnarounds in league history, if you ask me, because yeah. you can't go from that season that you had the year before to even sniffing the playoffs. And they did. So, yeah. um, and, and we've been kind of reaping the benefits ever since then. And yeah, good point with Jared Bednar, because when I was thrown into an impossible situation the year before, and even though that was the case, a lot of people wanted him out. Yeah. And I didn't think that was really fair. No, I mean, you have a Columbus Blue Jacket minor league head coach. Like, what has he done for you? Everybody wanted him out. Like, yep. And year by year, those have kind of gone away. But it's still like the knee-jerk reaction. And it's almost a joke at this point. Like, fire right. Bednar. Because <laughs> that was honestly, that was the be-all, end-all, fix-all problem during those years and now i don't think we could pay him enough (laughs) no no he's got his extension now so yep all right all right uh but if you got thoughts on it if you what you remember from it when you were watching if you were there um you know hit us up social media and just uh let us know your thoughts on on that game so four years ago is crazy um all right let's hear from built bar and then we'll get into some of the Instagram questions. So Built Bar, you know it, you love it. And it's the time of the year where maybe people are kind of having their second resolution. Is that a thing? I think people yeah. do that a lot. Re-resolution. Re-resolutions. Is that what it is? I like it. I like it. I think we're going to copyright that. I'll uh, write down. All right. Thank you. Get the paperwork ready. Uh, and if that is you and you wanted to get back on that treadmill or on that outside track, whatever you want to run on and get into some better shape, make built bar a part of that. And if you have not tried the built bar puffs, you're missing, you're missing out on one of the best tasting built bar flavors and items that they have. And they have a lot of items. Go to built.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just bars. They have other things uh, included in their repertoire that you can order, which are all healthy and good for you. But the puffs if you like marshmallows, you can get the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat and covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the flavors that they have in the puff line are cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your normal candy bar, which can be 240 calories and up. 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs. So go to built.com right now. Use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off of your order. Once again, the promo code is locked one five for 15% off at built.com. All right. So because it was the, this is the 500th episode, we figured why not uh, throw some, throw, throw a question story or whatever it is up on, Instagram, get some people throwing out some questions to us. I answered most of them uh, just with as a little blurb, but obviously we'll get into a little bit more detail right now. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason to these. I'm just going through them as I got them and answered them. Um, I'm not like saving the best. for Actually, I lie. I am saving the best for last. Oh, oh, you just wait. Hmm. Uh, but first we will start and I don't have the people who asked me this. I apologize. Um, hang on. Can I, can I get to that? Let me see. No, I don't think I can. Sorry. 
I apologize. You know who you are if you ask this. Claim it in the YouTube comments. There you go. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> this person said, I think it's time to drop down number 95, sales at wide, down to the third line. Your opinions. Obviously talking about Andre Burakovsky and how he always seems to shoot it high or wide and not on net. Um, moving him down to the third line, is it time to do that? I'll let you take it. I say wait until everyone comes back. When Nas and Gabe get back, yeah, it's going to be hard to say no. All right, well, we'll go through the line. So you're, you have your top line, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Your second line, you have Nichus. If everybody's healthy again, Nichuskin, Kadri, who? Lekkonen. Okay, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I don't know if I would do that right now. We'll see how he... He's got he's got he's going to have time to prove stuff because Kadri's not coming back for a little while. So we'll have maybe a little bit of a better idea of if he would slot into that second spot. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I love how he plays. I love his four checking. I wouldn't do that because of that reason. You have two amazing four checkers uh, on the same line with him and Nachuskin. I would split them up for that reason. I wouldn't put them on the same line for that reason. So, well, you, once you finally get those six regulation wins, it's garbage time. So try yeah. it. Try it. Yeah, You'll you like it, Mikey. It. <laughs> yeah, you can try it. I don't know. I, 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 like I said, you have to ride the, I, how I answered this person. Um, where are we? There we go. I said, you have to ride the wave with Burakovsky when uh, you put him up when he's hot and you put him down when he's not. So, and I think you have to play that way. I, I don't think you can slot him in and say, this is your position now. I think yeah. if he if he is on fire, you move him up because he has that capability to do that. And when he's not, you have to deal with it. Okay, maybe slide him down a little bit. But the, he was playing on the top line against Pittsburgh, and he played well. You know what I mean? And and Peter McNabb said something during the broadcast where he said he doesn't have to play spectacular. He just has mm-hmm. to play good. He just True. has to play good. That's all he has to do, and especially when he's on the top line. And I thought he did. Yeah, he sailed them wide. I think you just have to be okay with Andre Burakovsky <laughs> shooting them wide. It, it, that's it's just part of the game, and it's part of what you have to deal with. And when he decides to pass, those are good passes. So yeah. if he could just like the shot's not there right now, just just be a passing guy. That's not that hard. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's kind of like a you know we're circling around the answer for me. It's just. However, he's playing. You assess that, and you you slot him accordingly. I say you will see him on the third line before the playoffs. Yeah, I think because they're gonna you know try options. Yep. So why not? Let's see what happens. All right. Um, opinion on how the trades are working out so far. We've talked about these a few times already, but you know, uh, I'll, I'll always talk about them. I think it's going swimmingly right now. Um, I I don't think you can really, I think the only one, the only one that's not jumped out like amazing is Cogliano. Yep. But he's not, he's not a liability. No. I feel like he's playing well. Uh, I think Lekkonen is playing very well. Manson is playing well. He's made some mistakes, but I think, you know, he's going to iron those out. And Sturm is, I, I really, I, we talked about it the other day. I really like what Nico Sturm brings to this team. 
yeah, if you were given just a simple thumbs up, thumbs down at this point, like three out of the four are getting a thumbs up. Three and a half. I'll say three and a half out of four. And like Cogliano left that Pittsburgh game going down the tunnel. That's right, man. I forgot about that. Yeah. So who knows if that's going to just be a wash. There Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot really given in that move, really. So if it's a wash, it's a wash. Three out of four ain't bad. No, no. But so far, I think it's it's thumbs up. But Mm -hmm. all of these moves were made with the playoffs in mind. Mm-hmm. So you can't really give a definitive grade. I mean, if you want to give a, a regular season grade, uh, you can go ahead, fine. But you can't really do a full-on grade and review of this until you know the season is officially over. They so. don't rate uh, race cars off paint schemes. It's all about if they win the race, and that's what you want. All these all these trades were made for the playoffs. It's nice in the regular season to see what they could do. Yeah. Let's see what we do in the playoffs that's when it matters see i totally rate race cars on paint schemes i don't i don't don't care about the race (laughs) there is that built bar car Uh, yeah see that was that that was number one to me yep yep it got all the points i think that's how they do it in nascar i don't know (laughs) um do you think it's possible the abs would not keep darcy kemper um and this person says i hope that they do keep him i do too um it might the Avalanche are going to try. I'll tell you that. I think they are more than happy with what they they got with him and how he's playing this year. I think he is ascending up the board in terms of uh, Vesna votes. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he's going to surprise people and maybe finish in the top three uh, because of how he's playing in the second part of the season. So do they want to sign him? Absolutely. Can they sign him? That's all going to depend on a couple things. It's going to depend on dollars, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to depend on if Kemper wants to stay here, which I think he does. But again, the money needs to match up. And is there a team that's just going to come swooping in and just throwing a ton of money at him because he's putting up good numbers on a good team? So, yeah, that's always a possibility. I don't know. If you're going to tell me what's the percentages, I mean, I hate to do this, but it, it, right now I would say it's kind of 50-50 on if he comes back. And I think that, you know, that'll change. And I say that because nothing's really been talked about. Mm-hmm. Emperor hasn't said anything. The Avalanche haven't said anything. When the season's over and you start hearing like those reports and, you know, this person wants this, the team is willing to do, then those percentages will change a little bit. Um, I I just, maybe I'm a little bit slighted too from the, the Grubauer stuff uh, because I thought that was a slam dunk, but I don't know. I want him back. I think he wants to come back. I just don't know what the avalanche can afford for him. So we'll see. I say the avalanche want to keep him and I think Darcy wants to stay, but just also remember if he doesn't, we have Francois. We just re-signed him and we right. have Eustace. Everybody's forgot that he's mm. still there. I mean, when you're a Stanley Cup team, you don't want to go into a, a new season with your backup being now your number one. And that's nothing against Francois, and you don't want a rookie as your backup. But you don't. if you win a cup, that really makes it hard for Darcy to leave. It does. But it also will increase his value. It'll increase I, th- his, I think his there's value. a sense of loyalty out of Kemper to the Avalanche. Like, I thank you for that. getting me getting me out of here and getting 
giving me a chance. Yeah. And I feel like there's going to be a, a deal done there that works for both sides. Yeah, I think Kemper's a little bit more loyal than I, than uh, like I thought Grubauer was. So I don't know, um, I, but I do. I, you know what? I'll say fifty-one forty-nine in in him, him staying because I do. I just feel like it's a good match for both sides, and he wants to stay. And I'm saying money's not important to him, but I think he'll get paid enough to be like, yeah, I'll yep. stay for for this team to continue to compete for Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. I believe it. So, all right, let's hear from Bet Online, and then we'll get back to some more questions. But BetOnline.net, it is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, and Tiger 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 Woods is in it, right? I mean, he's minus one, but he's top yeah, ten. He, I think. he he did pretty good. Eight. Hole eight kind of threw him for a little bit, but he got right back on track. Did he? Okay. I don't watch the Masters of the weekend, so anything that happens now, I don't care. Except for Tiger Woods, you got to you got to you got to root for Tiger. Uh, but Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and e-scores. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's BetOnline.net where the game starts. All right, let's continue with our Instagram questions. And this one is, will Dermy Curtis McDermott, get the nod to play as a bottom six forward in the playoffs? Good question, because it depends. <laughs> it depends on if there's injuries. Um, I think that's the big thing, and it would depend on the opponent. Mm-hmm. The Avs do not want to get pushed around in the postseason again. So if it is, if Vegas sneaks in and you're playing Vegas, yeah, I think you would see him in there. Um, if you're playing Dallas, Dallas is a, you know, they're a, a strong team. They like to throw their weight around a little bit. I don't know. And this is assuming everybody is healthy. You know what I mean? And, and who would he replace as far as a forward goes? Defensively? I don't think he's there because your defense, you have, you have a, and again, assuming everyone's healthy, you know what your defense is. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's he going to replace on the defensive end? He's not yeah. going to replace Eric Johnson. No way. He's not going to replace Byram. And you know, he's not going to replace the top four guys and, you know, McCarr and Taves and Gerard. And it's not going to happen. So his spot is going to be at the forward spot. Who would he replace? I mean, he could be in a replacement for Abe Kubel. I'd be okay with that. Is it, though? Is he going to make the four? Do you really see? He's accustomed to his sub-10-minute shifts on D. Right. Yep. Is it going to be a big ask for him not to just play forward, but also, this is playoffs. Like, we're not short-shifting here. Like, a 15, possibly 20-minute night for Curtis McDermott? No. Is that good? Never. He will never see 20 minutes on ice. Ever. So, so why I would, would you put that in the, right now and, and put money down on that? Go ahead. Why would you put that under a forward? Well, I mean, his forward minutes are a little bit more than his defensive minutes. Like he, he's getting maybe like eight, nine minutes on a, on the forward line. So, but but that's I mean, you hit it on the head when it's like this is the playoffs. We can't mm-hmm. do these five six minutes uh, time on ice for you. We can't. Even though you are, you know, a beast of a man, and and that's what you represent, 
we need minutes. We need yeah. minutes out there. Um, but and, and, and I was talking to someone about this and I said, like, I feel like he's earned those minutes. I feel like yeah. you can put him out there for some fourth line 10, 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. Why not do that? I feel like he's really turned the corner this year. He's capable of doing it. I don't think like unless people get hurt, I don't think his time is on the defensive end unless they want to play seven defensemen and 11 forwards. Uh, that That's dangerous, though. If this is a possibility, watch these last 12 minutes. I mean, 12 games and track McDermott's minutes. If you start seeing them tick up a little bit, mm-hmm. there's your idea on what they yeah. have planned for him when it comes to the playoffs. But who would you, I mean, who I would, you know, Abe Kubel is kind of like the guy you would have to say he would, he would take over for. Abe yeah. Kubel, Helm, or Cogliano. Helm has gotten hot. Helm is Cogliano. Cogliano still, if he's still doing this wishy-washy, haven't figured anything out, then it might be him. Could but be. Let, those are your three. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, I think it depends. I'm really interested to see if it's Vegas. If it's Vegas, I think you've got to put him in there. I really yeah, true. Do. Very true. Um, all right. Who do you believe is the odd man out on the blue line when Sammy G returns, which by all signs are pointing it to being – Friday. Um, I don't, this is tough, man. This is tough. Banana pancakes, Jack Johnson. Yeah, I know, and that's that's what I said. And he, it's not like he's, in my opinion, I don't feel like he's any done anything to lose it that position. You just have guys that are better players than you, and the Avalanche are stacked on on defense. Yep. So. I, I do. I think it's it's Johnson. He's the easy odd man out right here, unfortunately. And he's yeah. not like a Curtis McDermott that you can just put him in on on a forward line. Yeah, so. it's nothing you've done wrong. It's about what we're about to do. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where it goes. We'll see. I mean, if if he is in fact coming back Friday, uh, we'll get those lines sometime in the afternoon. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, best player on the team. Cut and dry. Valerian Nichushkin. Oh, come on. Seriously? No. Like, I would say Nas, but that's tailed <laughs> off. Like, best player yeah. on the team, Nuke has given his all, all year long, quietly. Well, it's not, I mean, I guess there's different ways you can take this question. It's like, you know, who's playing the best? Who? I'll, I'll, I'll who, tell you this. You yeah. remember when Nuke was out? You remember how noticeable that was? You remember how that the offense just did not feel like it moved. And then Nuke came back and then the power play started working and then cycling started happening. Nuke is underrated for what he does. I know we like to, we give him stick taps all the time. The best player on this team, it's noticeable by their absence. Right. Well, then in that case, who's out right now, that is very noticeable. Gabe Landeskog. I mean, like it is noticeable the net front presence is not as dominant and heavy because he's not there. Uh, in my opinion, though, he is not the best player on the team. The best player on this team is Cal McCarr, hands down. Well, maybe half hands down because you still have Nathan McKinnon. And yeah. I just say it's Cal McCarr because right now he is playing as the best player. Nathan McKinnon is yeah. still otherworldly. He is one of the top five players in the league. But if you're talking about here and now and for the duration of this season – Kale McCarr is the best player on this team, and he is the most dangerous player on this team. Yes, and that's including Nathan McKinnon. And Nathan McKinnon is insanely dangerous. 
But Kale McCarr being defensive player and kind of has the entire play going on in front of him um, and his vision and his edge work and his puck handling, he is a nightmare. He is a matchup nightmare for the rest of the league, and he's showing it. And I think, you know, you are going to see it in the Norris. Uh, he's going to win that, and he will get heart consideration. He's yeah. not going to win that, but he will get votes for it. I don't think it's any question right now that Kale McCarr is the best player on this team. Hands I up. threw out Valeri Nachushki because I knew Kale was going to get that answer, but yeah, it's something you need to look at. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's tough to put when you're ranking players on this team to put Nachushkin at the top of the list of all the talent on this team, but I completely understand what you're saying. He's yeah. invaluable to this team. Absolutely. All right. Um, who would you least like to see in the first round? Hmm. If in, in the West. Yeah. I yeah. do I'm, not want to see Minnesota. Well, and that's the like that you have to answer this kind of in a specific way because you likely won't see Minnesota in the first round because of the way that. But if you want to say like of all the playoff teams yeah. in, in the West, who yeah. would you like, like least like to see? I'm with you there. Minnesota is hot right now, and they've been hot ever since of the trade deadline. But you're not going to see them in in the first round. So then we'll take the question in another way. And of the teams that they could possibly see, like Nashville, like Dallas, like Vegas, maybe L.A. If Vegas goes on some run and L.A. goes down to a wild card spot and maybe an outside chance Edmonton for the same reasons. And maybe that's a long shot. Out of those teams, um, and, and the way I answered this was, I'm pretty comfortable facing any of those teams, <clears throat> but if you were forcing me to pick one, I think of those teams right now, Dallas is playing the best. Yeah. So, and I honestly, I, I completely agree with you. I feel comfortable about every one of those teams. Like when they ask who would I least like to see something terrible has to happen for us to see Minnesota. That's right. the only team I really on paper scared of right now in that first round matchup. And honestly, yeah. what you're really looking at is that second round and getting past that because that's what we're really geared for. Correct. So, yeah, I mean, I, I it's not going to be, you know, it's never easy in the initial playoffs, but whoever you're facing is going to give you all they got. But I, I, don't, I do. I feel comfortable. I don't want to see Nashville. Out of, out of that hand, that handful that you could see, yeah. I don't want to see Nashville. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've been up and down this year. They're playing better. Uh, and I think Nashville, if you do get Nashville, you're getting Curtis McDermott. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and then we have one that says, no question here, but just love the podcast. Perfect way to start the morning, and they hope that I feel better. So, uh, yes, thank you for that. And, I mean, I thought this is how everybody started their day. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Know? I just thought this was, uh, you know, this is in everybody's ears across the nation, right? I mean, the team listens, I think. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, and I do have one more here. It's by, I actually know who wrote, sent in this one. Oh. Uh, it's by, <laughs> his guy's name is Shaggy. Maybe it's a, a female. Shaggy Von Doom. And they write, why is that Shaggy Von Doom guy so cool and so freaking attractive? I'm going to let you – you have some admirers out there, man. It, it's me. 
It's me, Austin. Yeah. It was me all along. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, we didn't really get to, to look at the Winnipeg game because, you know, that went a little long, which is fine. But they are playing Winnipeg Friday in Winnipeg. And Winnipeg is one of those teams on the outside looking in a couple points behind. So you are going to get their absolute best. You get their mm-hmm. best anyway. But because of the the state of the, the season and where they are, they need points. So, uh, yeah, look for a, a very fast game. And abs are just, you know, they're, they're still plugging away. They, they, they have something to play for, too. You know what I mean? They're only a couple points up on, on Florida. Is Florida playing as we're recording this? I don't know. Um, I but think saying no. they're, only, they're only two points up on them. So, you know, they, they need points, too. Let me see. No, they're not. So uh, should be a good one. Should be a good one. So. That will wrap it up for today. We probably will do an episode because we were off in the beginning of the week. We'll uh, do a makeup episode and do one. Um, and if maybe we'll do a couple more like this. And if we are good with the audio, we'll go back to live. We shall see. But until then, uh, we will be back tomorrow to talk about the Jets and Avalanche. Uh, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And until tomorrow, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Selly, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!